You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of the Scheist Podcast. I'm joined once again today by the host of Welcome to Vangerville. He is the mustache king of California. You know him, you love him, Mr. Chris Vanger. Okay, go there, there we go. Yeah, there's it like defaults to mute. Yeah, I don't know why it does that. Stupid. Hello. Cool, what's up, man? What's up? I'm so tired. I saw a... 11:30 showing of No Time to Die with my friend last night. Last minute, brutal. It was brutal because the movie's long. Yeah, we're too old for that. I'm too old for it. He asked me. I love him. He's one of my good friends. We played basketball together. Had a basketball game last night, and then he was like, "Hey, I, you know, he bought these two tickets because he really wanted to see it. I think also because he's an AMC Stubbs member, mm-hmm. and so he got early access, and so he wanted to go." And I'm like, I haven't been to a theater. Like, I don't know if I want to go. And and so I kind of, com- I was like, committed a little bit, but then didn't fully commit. And I think he thought it was a full commit. And so last night he's like, so you're still coming to the movie, right? I'm like, oh, it's kind of late. He's like, you're the flakiest of flakes and started getting mad at me. And so I was like, now go. And so I went and it was great. It was a great experience. Did you see all the other Daniel Craig bonds leading up to that? Yes, but not enough to like know exactly what Spectre is. That's you know, fair. I know what the, I know that that I I I knew enough to enjoy the movie. You know. Yeah, you know that he's James Bond, and that's enough. It's a James Bond film, <laughs> and they had new characters, and he is great. Uh, Ana de Armas is great, and her one scene. There were so many big actors that all they had was like one scene and it was it was a good movie though i really enjoyed it all right that's good to know i mean i'm not like i'll probably see it but i'm not like a super fan i'm not as excited as all these people that have been waiting waiting for it for like three years at this point i thought it got pushed till november but i guess not i think it's a good time to come out like amc i've never by the way i've never been in a movie that had so many previews and i love previews but this movie specifically, I think because there's a lots of films coming out that are going to be big money makers. And so literally there were seven or eight previews for this film. So when I'm walking in and I see, oh, the running time of James Bond is three hours and three minutes at midnight. You're like, fuck, that's a long time. And literally 30 minutes was previews. Yeah. The, uh, and- the advertised start time on the ticket. The movie doesn't actually start till about 26 minutes after that because they Got have it. the previews. Then they have like the in-house AMC thing. Yeah. They now they now have the new Nicole Kidman AMC sponsorship where she comes out and yeah that tells everybody Trump. why it's important to go to the movies. And, and then if you're, if you're seeing Dolby, if you're seeing IMAX, they yeah. got to go through the whole Dolby and IMAX no, promo and we as well. Saw IMAX because my friend is so into seeing films in IMAX, and I understand why. They're awesome. Like we were front row 
and it wasn't that terrible of seat. Did you go to City Walk? Century City. Okay, because I think City Walk is the only like real IMAX. And then if a movie isn't actually filmed in IMAX, it doesn't matter that much. But the screen being so big is always nice. Burbank has the the fake IMAX, which yeah. we went and saw Venom in just because it was the most available. Um, it seemed like it was filmed for IMAX. Like I would the, think they would want to. Yeah, I mean, in IMAX and maybe not just like in IMAX, when they fire a gun, I feel it. Like the bullets and the explosions, I'm shaking. And, uh, it, you know, it's just a really great film. Rami Malek is amazing. Uh, Daniel Craig's great. Um, Christoph Waltz has one scene that gives me chills. He's great. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a good Bond film. It'll do really well. And it's probably a film that you should probably see in the theater. People that like Bond films love the car chases and these super yeah. nice cars and all these amazing cool guns and, and sailboats. And it, it, it was... I, it's a good movie. Yeah, I think that's I think that's why I don't really care for it yeah. too much is because it's mostly about that. Yeah. Um, and they did a good job with like humanizing Bond. I think this time around, I know like I can't remember which one in the series it is where it's like he's getting older and he's like not as good of a shot as he was. And he's you pretty know. good in this one. They yeah, didn't, he, they did not. I'll tell you what he they for sure because this is his last one, right? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's his last film. It is, uh, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's another 007 agent in that film that I've heard they're going to explore more movies with her. She's this amazing black actress. I don't know her name, but she's amazing in the film. And I found her very likable. And I would watch another Bond film with her just doing cool things with cool toys. And and that's what he does the whole movie. And it's, it's really fun to watch. I and didn't fall asleep at all, which I was very proud that's of. Good even though there were some slow dialogue scenes. Uh, but it gives you, if you like James Bond, it gives you everything you want. So Yeah. Well, from what I've heard from people I trust that have seen it, have been like, it was good, but it's not as good of a final James Bond movie for Craig as it should have been. Mm, um, so, I don't good. know. I have to go back and watch Skyfall. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty darn good, actually, now that I'm like thinking about it. And it's gotten really good reviews. I think, right? I don't know. I haven't looked at any of the reviews. Yeah, it's yet. gotten pretty great reviews. So uh, the four films that I, that really, because there were so many previews, you got Dune coming out, mm -hmm. which hasn't gotten good reviews, is what I've heard. Uh, who's seen it so far? Well, you know, the people, some, some people have seen it because all these movies were delayed, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, so Dune is coming out. I'll see it, of course. Um, House of Gucci looks great with Lady Gaga. Ghostbusters Afterlife I'm kind of into. Yeah, I'm, ho I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what was the... There was one more. Oh, Licorice Pizza, which is getting great reviews. I haven't heard of that one yet. What? That's the Paul Thomas Anderson one. Uh, I hadn't heard of it until I had seen Licorice Pizza, but I didn't realize it was Paul Thomas Anderson's. Interesting. Film. Are you a Paul Thomas Anderson guy? I mean, I like There Will Be Blood, but I would have to go back and like look at all the movies one by one. And yeah, I like Magnolia. Yeah, I still never seen Magnolia. Oh, great! Magnolia is good. No, I I went and watched Titan for the second time yesterday. Wow! Three people walked out. 
Titan. Yeah, it's Julia DeCarno's movie that won uh, the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Okay. And it's intense, and it's violent, and it's visceral. It's awesome, but it's you crazy. Seen, you've seen it twice? Yeah, I wanted to see it again. Because I used like my A-list membership to yeah. go see it the first time. And nobody walked out of that one, but there was like a lot of white knuckle moments where you're just like, you're like, oh my God. And so seeing it with a smaller, like 1.30 in the afternoon crowd of some older people that just were not in the mood to tolerate it. What and, are some, what are making people walk out? Well, like what type of scene? Um, well, there's a scene, the one that, the one that the couple next to me left on was the scene in the bathroom where she's trying to break her nose. And so she's like trying to figure out how to break her nose. And she's like punching herself in the face. And she's just like getting frustrated with the fact that she can't break it. And then she's like banging on like the edge of the sink. And she's like, okay, this will work. Oh. And so after that, after that bathroom scene is over. I mean, I've seen bathroom scenes like that. I've seen Liar Liar, you know, but... Yeah, it's it, this one isn't funny though. Okay. <laughs> I'm kicking my ass. <laughs> so if you can, but the truth is, like the movie does have a very dark sense of humor, but like there's so much unpacking of like serious trauma and like mental health issues, like mm -hmm. before you get to the place where you can just accept some of that humor. And there's a couple of scenes in the movie where I'm watching it and I'm like, this is like very much like the evolution of like where Tarantino like could have gone. Cool. So it's like, cause he's going to be making his last movie pretty soon here. And, yeah. you know, I was always like, who's going to be the person to replace him in that space for me as a fan. And so if I want to see like wild, crazy, violent, funny stuff, like I, Julia DeCorna is going to be nice. that filmmaker. But cool. yeah, the movie's awesome. I can't say enough good things about it, but it's definitely not for everybody. Uh, it's tough. Well, yeah, people people I'm walked out. So, it. I went to my first theater. Um, I was I was kind of frustrated just because there were no restrictions. They packed that place. Yeah. Uh, and so the two seats we had were walking in. It's the front row. Well, the second row, and their two seats are right next to two people. The whole row is empty, but yeah. right next to these dudes. And people are eating and no one's wearing masks. Also, like when you're eating popcorn and drinking, like sometimes you just kind of get stuff caught in your throat. So you cough. So the whole time I'm like hearing a cough and I'm like, what am I doing in this movie theater? Uh, I had to move over. Didn't, I couldn't eat my food next to the guy. I would crush a bunch of popcorn, put my mask on. Um, but it was a three hour movie. I got through it. Hopefully I made it out safe. Yeah, it's an interesting experience. I know that I believe it's L.A. County or LA city is going to be implementing uh vaccine mandates yeah, for, wish, for wish, indoor stuff like that. Um, yeah, they, I wish they would have checked yesterday. I would have felt much more comfortable. I'm walking in there, checking our tickets and I'm like ready to show my back card. He's like, I don't need that. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. There's always some motherfucker sneezing or coughing or just like, ah, like I know. the whole movie. I'm like, how come every time we come to a movie, there's always that one person and we're sitting right next to them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that 
one thing that's weird is like when I showed my Vax card, I also was ready to show my ID because I work at I'm working at Milo and all now, and we have to if you want to sit indoors, you have to show your vaccination card. If you want to make a reservation mm-hmm. and sit indoors, I have to tell you, okay, great, you're going to show your vaccination status or a negative COVID test within the last 48 hours. And people are coming in and they have it ready. And some people have the little like barcodes with their name, mm-hmm. which is cool, but I'm not scanning it. I'm just if you have it, I guess you have it. But some people are showing their photos and I'm like, oh, cool, great job. Congratulations. But then I'm not thinking to myself, man, how easy would it be to just be like, hey, bro, can you send me a photo of your Vax card so I can get into this restaurant or can I, so I can get into this movie and watch this movie? And so are we do I now have to be checking your ID so you're not fooling me with the photo of your fake Vax card? And did you know that it's a felony to show a fake Vax card or have a fake Vax card? It is. Yeah, it's fraud. Yeah. Um... So we went to, it was called the Gold Over America Tour. So it was uh, USA Women's Gymnastics, uh, kind of like the celebration of them being done with the Olympics oh. for that year. And so they're touring across the country. They went to Staples and they had a, a show there. And they had a show ID and vac- proof of vaccination or proof of a negative test. And they did that for... Uh, kids too so they had to show some form of id like people brought birth certificates um you know so depending on the venue right now is gonna determine how strict they're gonna be because then we went to hollywood bowl for Mm -hmm. alanis morissette garbage cat power show it's outside but uh the artist can mandate whether or not they want uh vaccines Cool. Um, so we did have to show proof of vaccine, but I show them the thing on my phone. They don't scan it. They didn't check my actual ID to make sure I'm the person. Yeah. So it's going to be on the employees of the venues to actually enforce the proper kind of checklist to let you get through the door if they're going to do that kind of stuff. Well, I think that stuff's going to start to happen because of the mandate by California. I think it's California or LA County or all of it now, restaurants, indoors, movies. It's not just the employer. They are state mandating coming down from my boy, Gavin, probably that you have to show your vaccination card or a negative COVID test because I, you know, I think I want to say like LA is like 80, 75 to 80% vaccinated at this point. So I do feel safe with vaccinated people around, even when I don't, I kind of felt safe yesterday, assuming like this dude next to me who coughed a little, I would hope you're vaccinated, bro. Like, yeah, I know. It's just the argument that is being made by people who don't want mandates, right? Mm -hmm. It just seems like the understanding of the mandates is not maybe perfectly clear because it's for businesses, at least the one that came down from Joe Biden, right? What he's trying to put into place is businesses over a hundred people or with a hundred employees have to have vaccine mandates or negative uh, COVID test weekly, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not being forced to get the vaccine. You're just, no, you, you, you have to just COVID. prove that you don't have COVID. Yeah. So you have to get COVID tested. Then it comes down to like, well, who's paying for the COVID test? Like, is the employer doing that? Like, is where is the burden of proving that? negative COVID tests fall on the employer and the, and the employee. And then because a lot of people are afraid that they're going to lose their jobs because they're unwilling to get vaccinated. Mm, yeah, no, I mean, I think that if you don't want to get vaccinated, it's on you 
to prove that you are COVID free. Because there's no, I, I mean, the only reason not to get a vaccination is if you believe uh, what they're putting in your body, they haven't tested enough and you could have long-term effects, uh, which aren't proven. That's just you thinking it could be, it could be possible. Well, I think it's possible that aliens land tomorrow. So maybe I don't want to go to work, you know? So there's no proof to that. Yeah. So, but more, more simple than that. It's like, you know, there are those people obviously that are going to like bullshit their way through it, but there's also people that are legitimately afraid to get the vaccine and it's okay for them to be afraid and to not want to get it. But then you have the option to provide a negative COVID test. Yeah. But for something like Milo and Olive, like, can I walk up with my negative COVID test and be like, oh, I got this yesterday? Or do I have to show vaccination no, record? You can walk up to, you, it, today's Friday. You got a reservation at Milo and Olive tonight and you walk up and you show the host a negative PCR rapid test from Wednesday, you're in. You could sit inside. You don't need to be vaccinated. Um, but if you... Like a lot of times, it's so weird because people walk in and they have their mask on. I'm like, oh, do you want to sit down? Uh, yeah, can we, you know, can we sit right here at the bar? I'm like, yeah, totally. But you just have to show me a vaccination status or a negative COVID test within the last 40 hours. Okay, cool. We'll sit outside. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people do have it. Um, and it I, it makes us, I, it makes us feel safe, I think. I don't yeah, know, well, it's it. like, if for me, it's like a lot of the pushback that I hear is coming from people that don't want it to be mandated like i don't want the government or, i don't yeah i don't want the government or the state forcing a needle into my arm for this thing that i don't want and the truth of the matter is that like that isn't the case right now i mean it may be the case sometime in the future but as of right now that's not the case so right. i don't understand why there is such pushback on it when that's not the case other than it's been politicized into this whole problem it's like i don't necessarily believe it's the government's place to step in and be like you need to be vaccinated but i feel that it's in the best interest of businesses that want to keep their employees and their workers uh and their customers safe to implement those things on their own whether or not they are mandated to do so yeah i mean i also think it's the t the location right so in different parts of california you know for example, Ojai, California, mm -hmm. um, that's just, or Santa Barbara, like they maybe aren't, you know, they're not wearing masks everywhere. You know, they, they think yeah. they're a certain type of town that doesn't have a, a lot of COVID in their town. So it's, you know, the, just the way the town lives is, is kind of how they feel about the vaccine. And, and it, everywhere is different. And I guess it's, it's just come down to all of us trying to be safe. If you want to have a business where there's people coming through constantly, it's in your best interest, especially in the state of California, to make everyone get vaccinated and make the customers feel safe. Uh, Milo and all's business has taken off, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. we can, are constantly still busy. And I think a lot of it has to do with we make people feel safe. And it's in California, and that's what we're doing here. In Georgia, there are probably businesses that aren't enforcing it because people don't want to get the vaccine just because of the whole politicization of it and there's also businesses that will not provide service to you if you walk in with a mask so it's like they're not it's adhering weird. to that wild but it's like me walking in with a mask to a place where nobody else is wearing a mask and where they don't have any kind of guidelines that require me to do so mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt your business at all to still take my money but agreed that it business is. wants to make a point that 
I'm a sheep or a moron or I I care too much about other people or what the government's controlling my mind with the the vaccine shot. So they want to make a statement by not providing service to me. And that's an odd position to be in because I don't even if I am traveling, which we will be at some point in the future, I don't necessarily want to take those risks in a place somewhere else that doesn't feel like those risks are as bad as maybe I believe they are. because i should be able to wear a mask out of my own freedom like what if i just wore a mask all the time and it had nothing to do with covid right and it just didn't exist and you just wanted to wear a mask where you wouldn't have a problem no because i mean it's been going on in china for a long time with like horrible air quality by the way they probably think you're going to rob them (laughs) (laughs) but before mask if you were wearing a mask they wanted to hide your face you were hiding something suspicious yeah I wanted to ask you about this other story. We'll change gears. What? Change it. Uh, have you heard this story about this uh, this group of NBA players that has defrauded the players' support system? So the NBA Players Union put into place a fund to help pay for medical expenses of retired players. And now okay. there's a group of 18 former players, including some pretty big names, that have defrauded the players union and the NBA out of these funds by producing like fake medical bills and getting reimbursed for them. Terrible. Um, It's crazy. And so like Sebastian Telfair's on the list, uh, big baby Glenn Davis, Tony Allen, Shannon Brown, who is on the Lakers. uh, Those are all guys. Will you just say those four names? Those were players that played in the NBA that made some money but probably not as much money as some of these other guys. So, and maybe this is wrong to say, but I could see those guys maybe thinking they deserve more money and manipulating the system a little bit. I mean, they just need a better agent. Yeah, true. I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, if I got that much money when I was that age, I'd spend it. And then they've even like told people, they have seminars to tell these players like, hey, don't spend your money frivolously. Hire someone to manage your money because when you're not playing basketball anymore, you're not making money unless you're a commentator or whatever, and those spots are limited. And so they tell you to, to manage your money, you know, smart. And you know, nothing against those players. They were all great NBA players that had their moments that I watched, and they and I enjoyed watching Telfair play. I thought he was such a great guard. I thought Glenn Big Baby Davis was so good in some big playoff games for his how undersized he was. He was such a bull, and they probably made big contracts, but never like max deals that set you up for life. And not to say the max deals set you up for life, but they made some good money. And did they hire someone to manage it? Maybe they did. And did he manage well? up? Maybe so, but they're not in the NBA anymore. And they're relying on these payments, right? Or they're relying on the players union to continue to pay. I have no idea how it works. So, no, so what it, it's like a reimbursement plan, right? So what it is is like oh uh i'm dealing with knee ailments from my time in the league and i need like reconstructive surgery right yeah so that's great but then what it is is i'm creating a fake invoice for a knee surgery that i never had and then submitting it to that fund that's terrible and and getting paid out so yeah these guys got arrested on felony fraud charges that's terrible um and i I didn't mean to say like oh i could see these guys doing that's not fair to say you know anybody after people make desperate choices when you're in desperate need of money and they probably you know a lot of times when you make choices like that and you validate your own choices you're saying to yourself oh the nba players union has enough money they can afford to pay me 
I put my heart and soul and blood into this league for how many years? And I don't care if I'm going to manipulate this medical bill to get this money. I need it. And the NBA owes it to me. Like I could see any NBA player manipulating the validity of what they're doing. Um, but I just think that's terrible. You're taking money from people who actually need it. Not to say that that fund's ever going to run out. It's probably unlimited. And maybe that's why they did it. Well, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure that the the Players Association has to either vote on a budget or allocate money to that fund every so often based on yeah. revenue. Um, but it's it, it's it's like a it's kind of like a, a a pension. It sounds like a little bit. Kind uh, of, yeah. I don't. Like in the NFL, they've got something like that for sure. Yeah, I don't understand like the full details of it, but it was just designed to uh, create like a pool of money to help healthcare expenses for I love that. players. Yeah, it seems like a good idea. That. You know, it does. again, the healthcare system's fucked up. <laughs> I I went through I, I had an ear infection at night and went to Cedar Sinai. It cost me three G's just to get my fucking ear infection looked at because it was so painful. And Ouch. I could only imagine what these guys had to go through. And it sounds like they needed money. It sounds like they needed money and they knew a loophole in the system. They knew they could get paid. They probably had friends that were doctors that could generate medical bills and they didn't think there was, they would get caught or they were doing anything wrong and they got caught. Usually if you think you're doing something wrong, you are, and you usually get caught yeah. or karma catches up to you and catches and, and catches it for you. So I hope they get what they deserve and it sucks that they had to resort to this. But I like that plan the NBA has for players. You need yeah. it. I'm 39 years old. I played a basketball game last night, and I am, I have kinks in my body that I had never felt. I've got a hip flexor issue. I've got a, <laughs> I've got a back issue. I've got finger issue. Like my body cannot withstand the level of basketball I'm trying to play. Um, I still think I have a couple more years left. But if I was an NBA player, you definitely are looking for medical help probably every day. <laughs> I would think so. And I mean, like, even though these guys are high level athletes, like they, you know, spent so much time, like, you know, blowing their knees out, playing ball. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I was, way, on, I was on the elliptical for like half an hour last week and my legs were sore for like four days. I had to go get yeah. cryo cryotherapy on my legs. It was so bad. Yeah. I, uh, I stopped playing in the mask. So just because I was winded in the second half in every freaking game um, and I stopped playing with the mask and I'm playing a lot better, but I'm taking a risk. So. I've realized that my uh, my aerobic capacity has increased a lot because I've been doing all my cardio in the mask. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm like measuring like my heart rate and my recovery rate. And I'm like, oh, wow, like I'm seeing big strides in improvement because I can't breathe there. when I'm exercising. Yeah, seriously. seriously. Uh, is basketball season started? I think I saw what preseason. Preseason started, got about a week and a half. Players are, are some of the preseason is pretty competitive. Usually the preseason, you don't see too much, but like guys like Anthony Davis, who didn't play at all, he, you know, comes off an injury. He played yeah. in the first preseason game, played the first half. And there's limited. He needs preseason. it. He needed it. He said he just because he wanted to get out there. Uh, I think a lot of these guys are out there playing. It's limited preseason games. And the NBA season is going to start off very competitive with a lot of great teams. I can't wait. Big Laker fan. Very excited what they did with their roster. Um, and I think they, everyone keeps saying they're old. I think they forget that Anthony Davis is only like 29, 
28-29. And Russell David, Russell Westbrook's 32, I think. But he's he's a freak. And I think LeBron's 37, 38, um, maybe 39. I think he's in that range. But I think you've knocked those years for those three guys specifically down a couple years just because they take care of their bodies. And I feel like if the Lakers stay healthy and the Nets stay healthy, it's a lock that both of them are in the finals. Yeah, I mean, that probably should have been the finals last year, and they both just were decimated by injury. And like you were saying, like LeBron takes such good care of his body he's that he's – yeah, he's not a 38-year-old like another 38-year-old. But even though the Lakers are old, in perception, like when you go play pickup basketball like at the park, like we've done that over the years, mm-hmm. the team of old guys is scary because they can shoot the lights out and they just like, know where to be all the time and they don't have to spend a lot of energy to like play their best game. So I'm curious to see that. Like, can they play efficiently? Like the way Westbrook plays basketball is a very violent style of offense right so right. he's a very like high octane player lebron has started to like peel that back in the last i don't know six seven years mm-hmm. he started to play less violently like he still has like his explosive ability but he's not just like playing at 100 miles an hour all the time anymore and i think that's smart and i think when you get older when you play basketball you get smarter because you're learning from each experience that you have so there's an ultimate point where your experience matches your athletic ability and lebron his experience just keeps getting better but his athletic ability isn't diminishing and so i don't think he's going to play as many minutes as he did last year i think he averaged last year like 35 minutes 35 to 37 minutes a game we got to get that down to like 30 minutes a game and then once it gets to the playoffs then ramp it up i think westbrook you're going to see having an mvp type season um i don't think he's in the conversation at all right now but i think he He's going to have one of the best seasons of his career with playing with Davis and uh, LeBron. He's he's played with good players, but never players with this. He, like, who are the two best he played with before, would you say? KD and Harden? Yeah. Probably. He's yeah. never had a big as good a Davis, I don't think. He's Probably never not. had a – like, KD is a great basketball IQ, and so is Harden. But LeBron's maybe the best ever. And, and he's up there with Michael and, and IQ wise and wanting to win. And LeBron wants to win a couple more championships. I think I say a couple more, like, I feel like he's still got three years left at least he'll play till he's 40. Um, and I just think they got Westbrook because they knew that LeBron and Davis can't log man, massive minutes. So you're going to see a lot of Westbrook. You're going to see a lot of, uh, just, I, I, I can't wait for this team. I'm so excited. I'm excited to see golden state healthy at least in theory they because, got one more run at it yeah because i felt like you know they just they got the short end of the stick but it came after having a dominant dynasty for a few years there so something had to give yeah but when they are at full strength and they're healthy they're as good as any team in the nba right now still i'm curious to see if their style of basketball will translate because it's been what three seasons three full years since they've been in the finals if they stay healthy, they'll be there. You know Clay Thompson is going to come back and shoot the lights out. You know Curry's going to step it up another level. Although, yeah, Steph's going to be the man. I love Steph. I can't ever hate on him. He's the man. He deserved to be MVP last year if his team would have made the playoffs, probably. Um, I think that Draymond's going to do what Draymond does. I think Andrew Wiggins got his vaccine. He's ready to play. Uh, and they, 
it's so weird that James Wiseman pick, I didn't, I, I, they picked him, they had the second pick and they picked this guy who's good, but it's like, why would you not pick a more ready NBA player? Like, I feel like Wiseman has two or three years till he's full potential. Whereas there were other players that could have got at that too. If they would have picked ball, why didn't they mm. pick ball? Like he would have worked so well. Even if you had him, Curry, Thompson, Draymond, and Wiggins, uh, just a short lineup like that, that, that you couldn't stop them. Yeah, but like when Golden State was at their best, like they played really excellent team defense. And... They did. I mean, that starts a lot with like Iguodala and Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess I just didn't. Wiseman, they're not even giving him minutes. Like Kerr is so fragile with his minutes, and he ended up getting hurt and missing the last month or two. And I just think that was kind of a waste of a pick. I mean, I hope James Wiseman proves me wrong and has a big season, but they were even looking to trade him. Yeah, it seems like they need a little bit like more interior help. I don't know who their center is, but like I saw good minutes out of uh, Ubre a little bit last year. Yeah, he was good. He, he had some good. moments. They had another like really athletic big guy. Can't remember his name right now. It's been a while since I've seen them play. But he was young. He came in, like, uh, played a lot of perimeter defense and just, like, brought energy. I don't know if he's still there or not. Probably. Can't I'll, have, I'll have to look at their lineup once the I'm actual in, season one starts. fantasy basketball league that I need to catch up on. I'm in one that I got auto-renewed back into after I bailed my friend's mm-hmm. league out. I, I stepped into Jason's league, so I, I asked him to come back and play in our league. And for football, because I was like, I need one more. I did you a favor. You got to do me a favor. He's great. Yeah. Jason's a good old friend. He's great. I just got a notification that Trey Lance is starting his first game, and that makes (laughs) me so happy. I was, like, waiting this whole week for them to announce him. He's running running first team reps with the practice team or with the first – the starters, and they're running a, a, you know, an option zone – for him and or zone run option whatever they're doing for him and then you're going to still put out that jimmy garoppolo could start and i just was like let this kid think he's going to start mindset and they finally announced that jimmy didn't practice today so we're going to trade lance against kyler murray which could be a pretty freaking good game i'm taking the Niners in that game of course because i'm biased but the 49ers have beaten the cardinals three of the last four games and we handle murray we do yeah, I mean, other than he, you guys to start the season last year in a pretty good game for yeah, him, at least. Yeah, that was the first game of the season. You're right. But we beat him in his, twice in his rookie year, and we beat him the second time last year. He is balling, but I feel like Shanahan kind of has Cliff Kingsbury's number more so than Murray. Murray, if they want to win that game, is going to have to do some special things, and he has been all year. But I feel like we know what they're trying to do. And we can get pressure on the quarterback, and I think we're going to win, but I'm biased. Arizona's interesting because they play down to their competition. Like, they should have never been in a close game with Jacksonville. They end up winning by 12 after spotting Jacksonville the lead. Uh, They really should have handled Minnesota better, but they got down 20 to seven and then came back and won that game, but still should have lost. So they should have a loss on their record, but then show up for the Rams game with an opportunity to establish themselves as the number one team. Hello, Jennifer. Um, Hi, Nick. What do you think of squid games? Do you watch, did you watch squid game? No, no. He said, no. Oh, shy. He's got to watch the squitters. Get out of this family. 
Come on. If you know one thing about me, it's that I don't watch the popular thing on TV that the you rest of the world it. is watching. You should watch it. It's it's as a person that loves good filmmaking, and I know it's not a movie, but it's shot like a movie. The acting is top notch. Ever since Bong Joon Ho has come out of Korea, all this amazing content's coming out of Korea, and this series is is probably one of my favorite things I've watched on Netflix maybe ever. So. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard I've heard good things, but we're just watching other shows right now. And I know, but and also, movies, I so. know, but you're also like, we don't need to. And I'm the same way. Like everyone's telling me to watch a show, I'm not going to watch it. Too many people told me to watch Squid Game. After the first, the first episode's a little slow. It's the second episode that really gets you, uh, and it's it's great. So if you're listening to this, go watch Squid Game if you haven't already. Well, yeah, they probably have. It's me that's late to the game, but we're yeah. watching like four other shows that are all running on like weekly intervals right no, now so I it's know. like you, we're just staying current with that right now i think you just got to make it a priority it's nah. one of the best shows it's going to win awards it's it's like you watch queen's gambit right yeah it was amazing and so i think it's better than queen's gambit so that's a bold statement oh my gosh it's so good i've never had a show i love the anti-hero you know mm -hmm. and this show has so many anti-heroes that you're conflicted on if you want them if you want to root for them and it's great that's fair i started watching foundation during the day oh how is it i really enjoyed the first two episodes and then the third episode is just like way down the timeline so it's like here's these characters that i like from the first two episodes these are the ones that i care about mm -hmm. and then it's just like okay that's over with we're moving on to like well in the future introducing you to new characters that you don't know so i don't know it it lost some momentum for me there in the yeah, third yeah. episode i'll i'll stick with it and i don't know how many episodes it is but we're gonna watch that too sorry let's get back to football jennifer ruined our football talk but it's fine well it's okay um what I was saying was that the uh, the, the Cardinals, Cardinals played the, down to their competition. They, they showed up for that Rams Jacksonville. game. They, that Minnesota game, they should have lost. They should be three and one. Um, but they have an amazing playmaker, and it's okay. Kyler Murray. And you could game plan for him all you want, and he seems to be able to win games for them. And just like last year, I think we had this conversation last year when I was like, Arizona's good. And you were like, they're not that good. And it's really Murray. If yeah. Murray isn't on that team, they're not that good. It depends. If, Murray, if they had another quarterback, they have a lot of weapons for their quarterback, yeah. but Murray can do things that other guys can't do. Do they, though? Do they have a lot of weapons? Like, they have a pretty... They have Hopkins, of course, and he's mm -hmm. a top-five wide receiver, if not the best wide receiver in the league. Other than that, though, Chase Edmonds, James Conner backfield is, like, middle-of-the-road backfield, would you say? Do you think that there's uh, so many... They put yeah. up 170 yards and touchdowns on the Rams with those two guys. But that's because of Murray, in my opinion. Because of the way they play, and you have to guard against Murray. And, you know, the Rams Rams had a big win last night. I'm so sorry about, about your man. Um, yeah, it really killed me in fantasy, too, because mm -hmm. fucking, fucking Higby does nothing other than catch the touchdown. So I could have... Yeah, I could have maybe mitigated some of the damage, but of course, the one guy you're playing scores a touchdown. Russell yep. Wilson obliterates his finger, and it's it's bad. Like, they're trying to play it down like it's not bad, but that finger's just, like, dangling there. And the fact that he didn't come in, play on that final drive, and... Well, get, let me, like, okay, so I, I didn't watch 
I didn't watch the game. I watched the first half and then I had to go play basketball. But in the first half, it looked like Seattle was handling, you know. They they handled the first quarter. They handled the first quarter, so that's the quarter I watched. Alex Collins, is he your new starting running back? Like, he looks good. I like Collins because he reminds me more of the way that Marshawn ran. Like, yeah. he's got better, better lateral movement than Carson, and he just, like, runs aggressive. Carson is strong, and he likes contact, but he, he runs I don't hard. know, he's, he's kind of like a straight-line runner, and he's always hurt. Yeah, um, because he runs so hard. In my and, opinion. Yeah, and Penny's always hurt. So they've yeah, had Penny's these two running hurt. backs that have been hurt every season they've been on the team. Collins has shown that like he is a decent threat out of the backfield as a receiver, like more so than we thought. Yeah. I like Tra- I like Travis Homer, honestly, in some moments mm-hmm. when I see him play. He does some kick return duty here and there. Uh so he's shifty, he's got speed. Um and it's gonna be interesting to see with Russ with this injury. If they want, if they want to try and like tape it so that like he's he's got one less finger because then he can at least like mm-hmm. keep playing, or if they're gonna try and rehab the finger before bringing him back because I had a similar injury in basketball where I went to like block a pass and the ball like bent the top of my finger back, yeah, and like I couldn't feel the end of my finger and I had ligament damage. And I had to wear a corrective brace on my finger just to get it to straighten back fully. But like the recovery for that took a while. And Russ is going to obviously try to tough it out. But your next two games are tough. And those are Geno Smith games. I don't think Russ plays the next two games. I wouldn't want Russ to play next Sunday night in Pittsburgh. Like the way Geno Smith looked when he came in. He can manage that game against the Steelers, and the Steelers really don't have a good secondary and haven't been very good on defense, but it's going to be cold. And I think oh, Gino against the Steelers, that's such a tough game for you guys. Yeah, I mean, Gino, like, he played well, but the Rams' defense also is like, we don't know exactly what to expect from him. Like, we don't know if they're going to come out throwing here. We don't know if they really want yeah. to run the ball. Seattle was behind, too, so I think the Rams played a very conservative defense at that point where they're just like, let's keep thing in front of us and just like see what they want to do. And so what I liked from Gina was that I saw the recognition of when and when not to run where the reason I ended up picking the Rams to Seattle, even though my heart was, my heart was like, you know, you want Seattle to win. They can win this game. They've never lost in the green jerseys. They're three and three at home against Sean McVay's Ram team. Or, well, they're three and three at home against the Rams since they moved back to LA. That first year was Jeff Fisher. McVay so. seems to own the Seahawks. He does. They have a very good record against Seattle with him as the coach. Um, so it, it was the sack percentage that I didn't like. Russell Wilson is at the bottom of the league. He's 26th and probably higher now on the list and number of dropbacks that result in a sack where Matt mm-hmm. was first at the very top of the list. So I was like, well, as usual, Aaron Donald is going to get in his face. He's going to cause problems. That's what happened on the throw that busted his finger was that was Aaron Donald. So I yeah. knew that Russ was going to be under pressure. I knew that with Carson out, like they weren't going to commit to the run in a particular type of way. They were going to try and use it as a changeup. So I just felt like, the Rams have a slightly better defense, even though neither defense was playing all that well. Seattle has the worst defense in football. 
Um, crazy. I read a stat. Maybe the worst Seattle defense ever. Yeah, it's quite possible. They're last in passing yards and rushing yards. And they're like 28th in points or something like that. No, and they're, then, they're better in the, points. They're like 20th in points. The spotlight then goes to the highest paid safety in the NFL. Who is not good in coverage, apparently. Not I mean, good in coverage. Why don't I think you he ever was, blitz but... more? Like, I felt like he's a blitzer. He is. But, I mean, if you see him coming down in the box, like, you're going to go. Just go to your quick read option. And Stafford's good enough to do that. And Cup and Woods are good enough to get open underneath. And it's so create... crazy. One play in the NFL shifts everything. Because, by the way, if Donald is just one second less late, that's a touchdown. And then what's the score of that game at that point? What was the score when that happened? On which play? The play got hurt. The locket was wide open. Oh, yeah. The one where locket. Yeah. Uh... Oh, Jennifer coming in to watch live. I, I think Seattle would have taken the lead on that score. I don't yeah. remember exactly what the score was at the time, but they were trailing third quarter. Oh, it was in the third quarter. Yeah, it was in the third quarter. But that was, I mean, that's a play he does every play, every game. Lockett makes that play. And the only way it doesn't happen is because of how good Aaron Donald is and how weak your offensive line was at that point. Your offensive line's not even that bad. They're not, but that the number the numbers good. say otherwise. Like, Russell Wilson shouldn't be getting sacked 10% of the time if the offensive line is good. But... What it tells me is that, like, one of Russell Wilson's best attributes is his ability to use his legs. But him being small, when the pocket begins to collapse in his face, he can't see beyond the line of scrimmage. So he has to, like, get down and go left to right to make something he's happen. He's the best at that. He's the best maybe ever at that. His I mean, he he was, credit. but he's he's not like that anymore. Um, no, he made that play against the 49ers last week where it was, he was dead to rights. That should have been a sack, though. And what? That should have been a sack, though. That should have been a sack, but that's Russell Wilson and his just awareness within the pocket. As a 49er fan that has watched Russell Wilson many games, it's the most frustrating thing. And I think he's the best at it ever in his pocket awareness to, to escape. Like, it's better than any quarterback I've ever seen, even Michael Vick. Like, Michael Vick could escape the pocket and get out. Russell Wilson just his i'm so sorry that he got hurt because every game in the nfc west is super important yeah i mean they may finish with a losing record this season as a result and he may be out of town after this but in terms of yeah. his escapability like that's different than pocket presence right like yeah he, he's very good at when he sees the edge rush getting broken like when he creates enough space on his drop back that he sees the edge rusher come in free he's very good at making that one guy miss and creating space and making a play downfield when yeah. he's when he's in the pocket and it collapses he looks around and it's like there's all these big bodies around him and he throw the ball over the top there so he's like ducking looking for a way to get out and that kind of what happened in the Niners game, like he was sacked at that point and he got spun around. And because he's small and he's strong and he's got a good center of gravity, he didn't go down and he was able to escape the other side. But that's a play where the pocket broke down and he should have been sacked. He should have been sacked. It was a great play call and he throws a dart right at the pylon in a big moment. And I was crushed. I knew at that point, I'm like, we ain't winning this game. Yeah. They don't really design plays to like get him out on the edge anymore. They and what I pocket. Yeah. And what I saw from Geno Smith last night that I actually liked in relief was that like he's 6'3, 225. So he drops back and he sees the coverage and he's like, first, second read, whatever isn't there. I can just run right here and get five yards. 
those were the kind of plays that like Russell Wilson used to make yeah. where it's like, he's not looking for like a third, fourth option right now. What I've seen from Russ as his sacks have increased over the last like four or five seasons, as he's become the most sacked quarterback in the NFL during his tenure is that like, he's trying to make the play downfield all the time. Like he's not just taking the play that's right in front of him. And there was a play in the game last night where he's breaking out to the left and it's like, just run the five yards there. I think it was the throw that got intercepted. He stayed and tried to force that throw, and it kind of just like went off target a little bit, bounced off the hands, and popped up in the air for the interception. But it's like, just run, just take that five yards, get out of bounds like you used to, and just like keep the chains moving. Like that is what made him so dangerous in those first few years is that he was very good at that. He was less apt to hang around and try and force something downfield. But now he's hanging around trying to make those throws. And he's getting sacked a lot more in Seattle, not winning like they were. They have not been a Super Bowl threat in a while. And I don't think that that's all on him, but something about their entire offensive philosophy is different in the way that he used to approach it. And also he had Marshawn Lynch for most he of did. his tenure in Seattle. Sure did. And not to say Chris Carson's not Marshawn Lynch, he's not, but Chris is getting hurt. I love Chris Carson. He's just the way he plays, it just brings, they saying that injury, that neck injury ain't going to go away the whole yeah. season. That's tough. Yeah. Um, and especially, yeah. yeah. Especially when your second guy, uh, Rashad Penny has, I don't know, the, can't the guy never plays. So no, he can't stay your one, two punch that was going to be the, uh, the solution to replacing him. Just, they get hurt. Uh, the kid who came in, who like was uh, Marshawn's first replacement, Thomas Rawls, like he had yeah, a great, Rawls. he had a great year until he just like broke his ankle terribly, sorry. was never yeah. the same. And like Seattle just hasn't been able to figure out the run since. And they just haven't changed the philosophy enough to really like utilize all the things that Russell Wilson is good at. But I think in order for that offense to function, as good as it can be, he has to start running those little like five yarders. And in the San Francisco game, he had a lot of those little runs where it was just like, you know what? I'm not going to gamble downfield. I'm just going to take the little yardage here, get out of bounds, like just eat up those yards downfield and make the defense have to respect you and step up that little spy coverage or make uh, make them guard the flats a little bit. That opens up all that stuff downfield. And he's got such a big, accurate arm if he's not threatening the defense with his legs that way, and he just becomes a pocket passer, it's going to continue to go this way. Agreed. It sounds like just like a badly sprained finger. At least there's no tear or anything. I mean, I don't know if the MRI has come back yet, but no, nah, he's getting the MRI today. I haven't seen the results yet, but I know from damaging my middle finger playing basketball in a very similar way, I had to wear like a corrective splint that was basically yeah. pu pushing the finger back in the opposite direction that it was bent because I couldn't straighten it. And I still can't straighten it all the way, but I can play basketball. I could throw a football or a baseball or whatever I needed to do right now. So I, I think mean, he'll be okay eventually, yeah. but if they force him back and he's not accurate, but he's like adamant that he wants to play, like they could lose a bunch of games that are maybe winnable because he's not at a hundred percent. So we'll for see. sure. I think it's still early in the season. This is yeah. the longest season ever. You know, mm -hmm. so they have time. And also you had a great tweet yesterday of this is why they got Geno Smith. He came in and almost won that game. He had a shot to lead him down for a touchdown drive to win that game. Yeah. And that interception wasn't his fault. We know that because it just was like a weird trip by Lockett. He should just target Metcalf. His chemistry with Metcalf was much better 
Yeah, because they're both so tall, like they can make eye contact like as he's coming open. So like as you see him, it's like there's a reason that most quarterbacks in the NFL are a certain size. And Russell Wilson has been amazing. Kyler Murray has been amazing being the smaller guy. There's a reason that the prototype quarterback has been like the 6'3", 215 gotcha. kind of guy. for <laughs> Right? I mean, Trey Lance is a big guy in his own right that excited. way. Um, so there's a reason for that. And it's because like being able to see over the top of the line and like Drew Brees is another guy who was small, but as you saw later and later in his career, like he, yeah, he had trouble seeing over the line. And once his line couldn't give him the kind of pocket that he was used to be able to like see through the throwing lanes, it was like, okay, he's throwing a lot more interceptions that he probably wouldn't usually throw. He's getting sacked a lot more. It happens, but these guys are still great players. Speaking of Josh Allen, probably the mm-hmm. best game of the week, even though I think Cardinals 49ers is pretty good. I'm most excited to watch that AFC Championship rematch on, on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And I think the game's going to be different than the championship. I, would I hope. hope so. I hope so. Um, and I'm starting Emmanuel Sanders in one league because I think that is the X factor. <laughs> I hate to say it. He's had good games every season. It's just like he's going to give you those five catches. He's going to hit that like 30, 40 yarder downfield. And if he has a touchdown, that's, you know, a very good, solid fantasy day. And no, I just think that game, and I guess I thought the first time they played in the AFC Championship was going to be a shootout, and it really wasn't. Uh, Josh Allen didn't play his best game in that game. He wasn't doing Josh Allen things, and maybe that's the Chiefs' coverage or what. He just wasn't crisp. Like he Chiefs, normally Chiefs were holding a lot on defense in that game. I believe and, it, but now he has this extra receiver, right? So you have Beasley, him, and Sanders, and you have Moss and Singletary healthy. Buffalo's defense is better. I know mm-hmm. the Chiefs are favored in this game, but I think this is a Buffalo win. I thought the Bills were favored. Last I saw, the Bills opened as the favorites. I don't oh. know if that's still the case, but... Chiefs minus two and a half. Okay, well, Bills as road underdogs. I'm sure they don't want to be the favorites going into this game. Um, Chiefs minus two and a half with an over-under of 56 and a half. Yeah, take the under on that. I mean, it could get high scoring, but... You and honestly, think... like, I don't think the Bills want it to be high scoring. Like, they want to be efficient. And well, I think the Bills, with their one-two punch of running backs and all those receiving options, like, spread the field out and make that bad Kansas City defense have to deal with Zach Moss and then hit him with a little singletary change up and just move the chains and run the football and play defense like that's the formula to beat him Cleveland had him beat and Baker Mayfield threw that late interception so the Chiefs are what two and two and and they could be one and three and who did they play last week that they beat they played the Eagles Eagles, but they gave up 30 points to the Eagles but the Eagles were, I thought the Eagles were going to win that game. I think that was like in in our pick'em league. Like, yeah. I think I'm, I was like teetering back and forth. And at, right at 10 o'clock when that game was back, so I'm like, there's no way the Eagles are going to win this game. And I couldn't get changed. <laughs> but I was like, oh, and the Eagles were kind of playing with them. And you know what? Tyreek Hill went crazy because they yeah. couldn't figure out how to guard him. Like nowhere on the field. And I just don't understand why you just don't double him and were they doubling kelsey like what's happening i i would love to watch the game film and see it's just tyreek that good he's that fast and if he's free and mahomes has a second he's going there and it's a perfect throw every single time 
they're I mean, the week before that, when they lost to the Chargers, they did a great job on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. So it is doable, but like you have to bracket them a certain way. Yeah. And you have to dedicate so much of your defensive resources to just eliminating that side of the field. So that way, when Mahomes goes to his first read, it's like, okay, I'm not going there because there's going to be heavy coverage there. So that's why uh, Kelsey usually gets all those targets because he's going to get typically a one-on-one or the double is not going to come until he's past the, you know, the 10 yard mark. Um, but we saw the Chargers do a good job with it. The Bills struggled with it last year. So they went out and they got more coverage option, but Matt Milano is hurt. Um, but so they're going to, Milano's not going to play. It looks like he's not going to play. He doesn't look great at practice. He looks like real stiff with his hamstring injury. So I am assuming he's not going to play, which means AJ Klein. Uh, but the Bills have a great defensive uh, line right now. They get after the quarterback. And I mean, you're going to, I think Edwards Hilaire had 100 yards on you guys in the AFC Championship. So yeah. I would think that you have a whole game film from the Chiefs of how they're going to play this game. I don't think they change it up, right? They're going to want to run the ball to Clyde Edwards Hilaire and make you focus on that and then go deep or to Kelsey and Hill. Like that's their game plan. You have a whole game to watch of what they did. I don't think they change from that. And yeah. the Bills played a terrible game in the AFC Championship. I was so disappointed. I thought they, they were going to get to the Super Bowl. And if you go back and look at the regular season game between them also, the Bills basically, like, dared the Chiefs to run. And I think they ran for, like, 150, 180, something crazy. Because they just ran, like, the entire game. And the Bills' yeah. run, run defense couldn't stop. They couldn't get home with four. And so they were blitzing. And then every time they blitzed, Mahomes would take advantage of it. But... I think what we've seen from the Chiefs so far this season is that they miss Sammy Watkins badly because Demarcus Robinson, uh, Pringle, and Nicole uh, Hardman, these guys are not sure-handed receivers like Sammy Watkins is. And so you see this move to get Josh Gordon. It's like, okay, well, we're replacing the one need that we have because when all those resources are dedicated to all these other guys, the guy that was getting these one-on-ones, the guy who won the Super Bowl for them against the 49ers was Sammy Watkins making those big plays down the stretch because the Niners were Ding them up really well mm-hmm. on on uh, Hill and Kelsey. So they missed that number two receiver big time. And I don't know that Gordon's going to be like, a huge factor in this particular game. The Bills have a great secondary, probably the best secondary in football. They have the best defense in football right now. So they haven't played a team like the Chiefs yet with this defense, but the Bills get after the quarterback way, way better than they did last year. They defend the run way, way better than they did last year. So they made all the improvements in the right places. And the Chiefs defense has gotten significantly worse. So I I have no doubt that the Bills are going to score. It's going to be have they figured out what they need to do to stop the chiefs brand of offense yet also chris jones not practicing either wednesday or thursday it doesn't look like he's going to play even if he does that helps the bills that definitely helps the bills on the bill side you're right matt milano did not practice either day with a hamstring probably not going to play and that's really the only injury that you guys are having to deal with um i can't wait i think it's going to be a great game i'll say I think it's a high-scoring game and close. 41-37 Bills. <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope they don't give up 37 points, but the Chiefs, they score. You can't slow it's possible. Down the Chiefs. You can't. They're going to score 30 more often than not. Uh, so I'll say 38-30 Buffalo. Love it. 
Love it. And you know, how frustrated are you after seeing the Steelers play these? The only Steelers win is Buffalo that first well, game. Yeah. Well, the Steelers were fully healthy in that game and they were shut out in the first half though. So it was like the bills were doing exactly what they wanted to is 10, nothing at halftime. And then they just didn't like come out to close the second half of the game. Even the touchdown that put the Steelers up was on a tipped ball by Levi Wallace that Deontay Johnson got his head around and just made a great play in the back of the end zone. They were driving, but like that should have been knocked down or intercepted. So it's like they the Bills four zero. Yeah, the Bills played really well in that game up until the point where they where they didn't on offense, and then their defense just couldn't hold up forever. And yeah, the Steelers have looked like crap ever since. So it's like that that loss doesn't age particularly well, but you know got back I mean, on one that won the games we're supposed to win and that's all you can do this is also a massive game because even though the bills are three and one the chiefs are two and two this is the afc championship i don't see the chargers even though they're super good and herbert's Ur- beaten mahomes now went into kansas one, city and got him went into kansas city and got him i just don't see the chargers and this is just me i don't think they stay healthy i don't I it's just, possible I, if if bosa goes out like he has in a couple of the most recent seasons like their defense is way different without joey bosa also the they have two players on defense that they need and if they're healthy at the end of the season they got a shot to win it's him and james derwin yeah, james has already derwin. made an impact on certain you know wins and so they yeah. need those two guys but then on offense they have so many herbert's amazing and He's i don't great. and i just i have such a like watching a lot of football, certain players just get injured. Like, I don't know what it is. And the Chargers have a lot of those players. And I, and they are they always charger it up, but this year they have probably one of the best Charger teams they've ever had. Can they keep it going? I just don't think they beat the Chiefs, even if the Chiefs had to go into SoFi in the playoffs. I'm taking Mahomes. But yeah. I think this is an AFC Championship preview and rematch. And whoever wins this game is going to host the game, right? If the Chiefs beat the Bills and they're both three and two, I just think at that point, the Chiefs are going to get home field. If the Bills win and go four and one and the Chiefs go to two and three, you have a two game, arguably a three game lead because you have the tiebreaker on them. I think it's a massive game. Yeah, it's huge because it's the inside track, the home field advantage. Because like, even if... Like if the Bills win and the Chargers like improve to four and one and the Ravens improve to four and one, like I think the Bills are probably still the best of those teams. And the Chargers are good though. Like they're really good. They're super good. They are very good. Eckler has been amazing this year. He's again another guy. Stay healthy. Um, they don't really have another running back to kind of spell him. I don't yeah. like Roundtree. I don't like Justin Jackson. When Eckler's on the field is when they're going to score touchdowns. Um, Keenan Allen's been Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams has been the Mike Williams they thought he was. And Herbert is the truth. They are good. They can get there. I just wouldn't, still won't bet against that Chiefs team currently rostered in a playoff game with Herbert, his first playoff game. I'm going to pick the Chiefs in that game if it comes down to it. And... I think that division's tough. The Raiders are no slouch, even though the Chargers kind of handled the Raiders. That game became close. And, you know, I just think Denver's not a slouch either. So that division's going to be a battle through and through. And 
yeah, I just think that, that, that the Chiefs are still good, even though they have, they could be 0-4. <laughs> they could be. Um, it's just like, we're speaking of teams that play down to their competition, the Chiefs are that yeah. team, for sure. They play some of the most arrogant football I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And when all cylinders are firing, like, everything looks good, but, like, you saw they turned the ball over four times in that Chargers game, like, maybe even one less turnover and they don't lose that game. Mahomes threw that no-look pass that would just, like, bounce off his dude's face for an interception because the receiver doesn't know that ball's coming, and he just zips it in there as a fastball at 100 miles an hour, no-look. Uh, he made that uh, hero, well, it was uh, in the Ravens game where he breaks the pocket and he's trying to force something to happen. He's getting tackled from behind, throws the interception that loses the game there. Um, so we're starting to see maybe a little bit of the decision-making from Mahomes not at the highest level. Um, they think their shit don't stink, and so I'm glad they lost a couple. But, you know, the wake-up like call, can... oh, wake call for the Chiefs and getting them back into form is not exactly uh, what you want to see. But the defense just doesn't have any answers for anybody. So that's where I think the Bills have a major advantage in this game because even if they haven't played the Chiefs, there's no question that their defense is better than the Chiefs. And if, they're, if their offenses are comparable, I'll take the team with the better defense. And you know that, I guess, just on each side, the Bills want this one. I know the Chiefs sure want this do. one, but the Bills have unfinished business and feel they deserve to be in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. And I, I just like, I mean, the way they beat the Texans, 40 to nothing. That's a way a really good team wins. And yeah. in, in and the rain, Texans, too. Like, they really shouldn't have scored that many points in the rain, but they dominated. And I want to see Josh Allen run in this game. I feel like in the fir- last time he wasn't running as much. But I also wanted to make him quick decisions because a lot of times he holds the ball. And I felt like that hurt him in the Pittsburgh game. He held the ball too long maybe because Watt was blowing every play up. But Watt hasn't been healthy since. Yeah, no, but I agree. And that's the same thing kind of that we were saying about Russell Wilson is that like the longer he's holding the ball, like the more opportunity he's giving those pass rushers to get there. So if he can't find like the throw he wants within the first like three seconds, like, yeah, just run the ball, man. Just take the yards that are there, get down, get on to the next one. Like don't, don't try and force stuff downfield because you feel like you need to just take what's in front of you. Take what the defense gives you. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, one-on-one spread them out, run the ball. That's yeah. what I want to see. Four wide receivers with Moss in the backfield or Singletary and run the ball. I know. I think Singletary has a good game. I'm just not sure if I play him this week. They're, those running backs are tough to play because Moss, you want to play because he gets the ball at the one-yard line. Yeah. But also, Josh Allen gets the ball at the one-yard line. Yeah, he does. And it's like I have Miles Sanders who's just like taking up space on my offense right now. It's so sad because like Philly doesn't know what the hell they're doing with him. Well, you know what? They never liked him. Like, Yeah, he was he accidentally the guy that one year who like gave them hope. And then as soon as the season ended, it was just like, all right, we would ne- you were never part of the plan anyway. They're going to Carolina this week, yeah, which is tough. a tough game. And I actually think the Eagles win. And I'm going to pick them again. No Cap McCaffrey for the Panthers. I know the Panthers picked up Stephon Gilmore. I don't know if he's going to play. That really was when they lost J.C. Horn in that game. I was like, oh, shit, that's a detrimental loss to your defense. But they pick up Gilmore in a nice little trade they got, and it helps their defense. They blitz the most of any team in the league. The guy that carves up the blitz the best in the league, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is carving up the blitz, 
and I feel like he has a massive game, and I know the Panthers are favored by three. You'd think they'd be favored by more, but I think Vegas knows. Well, They're yeah, I mean, Philadelphia, that's true. They should, be, they, should, they should be favored by a touchdown at home, but I don't know what the line started at, so maybe money started coming in on the Eagle cover if it was like six. Yeah, I, I mean, that would be a long way for it to go down in a couple of days, down to three. Yeah. Uh, but the Panthers are three and one. They're coming off a big loss at Dallas, who's really good. Yeah, uh, but Dal- Dallas had a lot of guys missing from that game, and the Panthers had the lead and were playing pretty well up until a point. And then, you know, the Dallas defense just stepped up. And uh, that Dallas defense is probably the best defense. Most improved, for sure. Isn't that yeah. a Dan Quinn defense? Yeah. Dan Quinn is finally like, all right, I don't have to be a head coach anymore. Let me get my middle linebacker over here from Atlanta and plug him into this offense or this defense. We're going to run a lot of complicated fronts. They cut a pro bowler from two years ago because he wasn't able to get on the field because their defense is playing so well with all these young, fast kids that Dan Quinn has put together. Yeah, and now he's on the Packers, so the Packers got a nice defensive addition. Huge pickup. They needed it. They're going to have trouble. They're going to have trouble this week, too, against the Bengals. That's a big game. Two, three, and one teams. In Cincinnati or in Green Bay? In Cincinnati. Packers favored by three. Yeah. Over under 51 points. Joe Burrow does not have Joe Mixon, but does get back T. Higgins. And this game sets up to be a shootout. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but the Bengals' defense is the one thing that could be Aaron Rodgers' kryptonite. They get pressure on the quarterback they have a great front four i don't know if dj reader is going to play i know he got injured last week but they have a great front four and if they can get pressure on aaron Rodgers, and aaron jones and dylan are nicked up a little bit i think the Bengals. i think i might pick the Bengals to win that game the Bengals are much improved and obviously their record speaks to that um but from what i've seen so far the packers win that game yeah but the, this this will be the best odds you can get on the Bengals if you want to take the Bengals is them being three point dogs at home. Three point dogs at home again. The Bengals played shitty against Jacksonville on Thursday night, but the Bengals also have had ten days, right? Yeah. And I feel like I'd love to see a stat of teams that have had ten days since their last game mm-hmm. how they do. But well, I will find out next week what Seattle does, but. Well, also Carolina, I think. Yeah. Playing. What are the extra three days going to do for them? Like, you know exactly what Green Bay does. You just can't stop it. You rest your body. You rest your players, you know? And yeah. and, and then you just get extra days to watch film and prepare. If I, I mean, listen, if I'm a Cincinnati fan, I'm hoping the Bengals took these 10 days and focused on the Packers. Because the Packers, I know, are 3-1. and one. I guess they've gotten back to what they do in these last couple games. Yeah, they have. They haven't really like um, their best win is Niners, and that was a tough game for them. Uh, like they didn't do great against Detroit in the first half of that game, uh, and then they, they uh, and then they just you know uh, uh, Steelers scored first on them as well, and they came from behind and won that game. And once you know, it's the Steelers, right? So yeah, the Steelers aren't playing really great football. Their offense is looking janky as hell like way too, many, hosting, way too many checkdowns they're hosting denver the checkdowns are caused by the bad offensive line and the yeah. lack of ben roethlisberger's mobility and arm strength like he used to have 
Yeah. What's crazy uh, to me is that like the whole thing with the Steelers like started with Le'Veon Bell, right? He mm-hmm. was like, I deserve more money. I'm the best running back in the league. Then the Steelers are basically like, well, screw you. It's our offensive line that makes you the best running back in the league. And Le'Veon Bell goes to the Jets and he finds out like, fuck, man, really having a good offensive line is important. And James Conner steps into the Steelers role and he becomes the guy. Mm-hmm. And then James Conner leaves town. And what did the Steelers do? They're like, goodbye, offensive line. Like, you guys yeah. can all go play elsewhere. Like, we're not interested in this anymore. So I think they're they're almost pretending to want to win. And maybe they're a little bit, like, committed to a, a rebuilding phase because this isn't a team that's going to compete at a high level this year. Like, this, it, just, it just isn't. They have some I, weapons, but without – the offensive line was the core. The offensive and defensive line was Pittsburgh. So yeah. they still have the defense. They still got Watt. They still got Hayward. They got Ingram as an edge rusher on the other side. So they still have like the defensive identity, but like they were a pound the ball, play defense, let Roethlisberger get you over the top and make the accurate throws when they count. And like that's just not what this team is right now. They're going to play their hearts out. You know, this, if I'm a Steelers fan, this is a must win game if you want to make the playoffs, even though For it's sure. Because if you lose, you're one and four. Yeah, their division is stacked right and now. Their they're, they're screwed stacked. in their division. You know the odds-on favorite where uh, uh, where Aaron Rodgers goes next year? It's the Steelers. Eh, okay. I mean, if they could get a couple of years out of them. Well, you think if you put Aaron Rodgers on the Steelers, they're Super Bowl team. <laughs> yeah, of course, because he'll take advantage of all those receiving options, and they'll probably get another secondary back to help Najee Harris. But, yeah, Harris just hasn't been, like, the guy that, was advertised i mean he's a good player he's had a good start this season but he's still a rookie and that offensive line good enough to like make him into what james connor was or what Le'Veon bell was like the production from that position just isn't there like it was he is leading the league in targets i think and roethlisberger throws them every play every fucking play um the washington football team against the saints in washington i can't tell either of those teams that they're good yeah that's fair going into this last game i was like i can't tell if the saints are like really good but if they want to be considered good they got to win the games they're supposed to win and that game against the giants was a game they're supposed to win they lost it at home in overtime so they definitely have their issues uh and washington's defense isn't what it was they're a taylor heineke offense team right now like i didn't see that coming i didn't see them being 25 ish points a game and I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting because neither of those teams has established really this is what we do and this is what we're going to continue to do week to week. Uh, we saw Jameis Winston throw like five touchdowns in the first week. We haven't seen that again. We've seen them lose twice. They, yeah, they are having trouble of, I think, just people like Marquez Callaway is not the guy no, you he's know, not. that they thought. They are really missing that number one receiver. It looked They're good really- in preseason, but... He looked good in That's preseason, preseason. and people reached on him in drafts, and, and he had a touchdown, I think, a couple weeks ago, and he had a big play last week. It's just so hard to be a great receiver when you're the best receiver on the team and you don't have anyone else. So you're going to see the best corner and probably best safety on your side every single play, and it's fucking hard. Yeah, they're missing yeah. Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook right now. Yeah, they are. They drafted a tight end that they thought was going to be really good, Adam Troutman. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. No. And if Jameis Winston, listen, Jameis Winston on Tampa had the most playmakers you could find. Mm-hmm. And he was able to throw touchdowns and threw picks. 
There are no playmakers. They have one. They need to get the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands 30 times a game. I don't understand. They made a huge yeah. mistake by not paying Latavius Murray also. Like, considering okay. the way their offense works right now, like, they needed the extra help, and your two most consistent guys were in the backfield. And the fact that – so now Kamara is just going to be, like, all eyes on Kamara, and we'll give you one-on-one matchups to all these other receivers and, you know, dare Winston to throw it downfield. Chargers, Browns, both 3-1 and one in SoFi. That's a good game. The Browns are good. They are good. They're, what their defense did to Minnesota was impressive because basically Minnesota goes down, scores first, mm-hmm. and they're they're up seven nothing. And then it's like it gets tied. I think it was eleven to seven at one point. It was. It was. And Min- Minnesota had every possession in the game after their first possession to just do anything, and they couldn't. With all that weapon, with all that weaponry they have, they couldn't do anything. So Cleveland's defense is legit. Uh, they're, I think, a top three unit in basically every category. Makes sense. And they run gonna... the ball and play defense. That's what and... you want to do in the NFL. Yeah, and when you look at the Chargers, it's like they're they're built very similar to Minnesota in that they have like a great one-two punch. They have a good run game. Quarterback playing at a high level, although like I think Herbert's got more arm talent than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, the identity of what the team wants to do is similar. The Chargers just have a better defense. So when it comes down to like who's got the better defense, probably Cleveland. Who's got the better offense? Probably the Chargers slightly because I'll t- there's no receivers on the Browns. Yeah, I'll take Herbert over uh Mayfield Mayfield in that exchange. But, but they have the best backfield in, in the league. The Browns do. Yeah. If they if they establish the run and those two guys are having a good game and they can play defense and run the ball. They can win that game. That's a tough game to pick. It is. I'll Chargers have to, favored I'll have to by two and a half. Way. Two and a half. Yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense. I would probably see money come in late and probably drop it to a point and a half. But it's, it's a good so, game. It's so hard to pick winners, much less pick against the spread. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Impossible. I know. I had a weird like eight and eight week where it's like. I, I went eight and eight on straight picks, but then I went eight and eight against the spread. And I actually oh, had, a, wow. I had a really good week against uh, the over under. So sometimes it's like I'm on, sometimes I'm way off the Thursday night game. I get to sit down and look at and like really take a really deep look at that one game. And I've been great on Thursday night. So I, I, I need to, I need yeah. to find a way to be able to do that for every game, but I just don't want to spend that much time. Cause I spend a lot of time like doing the one deep dive on the Thursday game. And then I have to do, what 16 other games on mm-hmm. on sunday so it's like that's a lot it's so impossible just... to watch all the games i mean i'm watching red zone and i just see all the important plays it's impossible to you can't really get a feel for the game unless you watch the whole game yeah i typically i'll have like whatever main game i'm watching so it'll be like i'll have the bills on and yeah. then if the the other two games that are on tv are good i'll put those on the tv i'll watch the bills game on the laptop and then i'll typically have like four games going through uh what is it sunday ticket and then i'll have whatever two local games are on but yeah i can't watch all six so it's like i'll listen to the audio of the one that i want to watch from uh sunday ticket which is typically the bills game because they're out of mark and if there's no good morning games that'll be on the tv and i'll just you know i'll, I'll go quad box 
but yeah, it's it's tough to pay attention to all of them. So it's like I see similar. It's like a smaller version of red zone where it's like, okay, I see this team is coming up here on the red on the red zone. Oh, okay, that was a touchdown for this guy, or like this was a block field goal, whatever it is. But like, I don't get to watch the entire like breakdown of the game. Tough, tough. I love yeah. football. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, I just count the days until Sunday. Right. <laughs> I know, but it's baseball playoffs and. While we're talking baseball playoffs, I'll let you yeah. talk baseball playoffs because I know you love it. Um, oh, I do. I think the one card, one game wild card game is stupid as hell. You right. have everything in baseball is series oriented. Mm-hmm. And so to make an extra playoff team mm-hmm. just to have this one game playoff just doesn't make any sense. Like everything is series oriented. Like you play the team in your division 19 fucking times. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down to 162 game season. Yeah, we made mm-hmm. the playoffs. Oh, but now everything's on the line in one game. It's like the exact opposite of what baseball is. Yeah. And I'd say to that, to, to fan, like, okay, so what the Dodgers won 108 games, right? And the mm-hmm. Giants won 109. They were the two best teams in the league. And the Dodgers had to play one game to get in. To Dodger fans, I'd say if they didn't have that, you ain't getting in at all. Dodgers back before there was four divisions before they split into three there was four divisions west east west east in each league and only four teams made the playoffs so they keep expanding it to allow teams like the Dodgers to have a shot I hear what you're saying about it's all series oriented but I love watching a one game for it all because you pull out all the stops and then because if you don't want to play that game win your division play better against your division and win more games than the other team they had That's the second most wins in baseball. I get it. They did not win their division. <laughs> they didn't win their division. The Giants did. The Giants beat them a couple times. If you didn't want to play it, play better in those division games. And by the way, the Dodgers got in. They were fine. What a great game, too. Some yeah, are the, saying, the, the Dodgers weren't going to lose that game. I'm saying it's pointless because the Cardinals were not going to win that game. I mean, the Dodgers did have late game heroics to win that game, but... By the way, the Cardinals deserve to be in the playoffs just as much as the Dodgers, not winning that many games. But the Cardinals had a 17-game winning streak at one point and arguably had the best defense in baseball. And they had some of the best offensive players, some great pitchers. They were one of the best teams all season. And it sucks that these two teams, which either either one of them could could be in the World Series, had to play one game. And that's just how it works in the baseball playoff. When the Nats won a couple years ago, the first series was a five-game series. I'm not sure how I feel about the five-game series. I'm okay with the one-game playoff. Make this first series seven because I feel like five is not enough. I don't like these five-gamers. The seven-game, if you're going to do a series, it needs to be seven. Um, I just think the five, I don't like. And this first round is a five-game series. And... The Dodgers and Giants should be playing a seven-game series. I'm sorry. They should be. And the year the Nats played the Dodgers in the first round, those were the two best teams, and the Nats went on to win the World Series. That should have been the the, AF, the, the, the championship, the NLCS. And it wasn't. So, And we're getting an NLCS in this round. Giants-Dodgers tonight. What an exciting game. And I don't even know who I can pick. No idea who's going to win. No idea. <laughs> Why not just expand baseball playoffs to six teams on each side and do like the NFL used to, where it's like the top two division winners get their bye week? Because I think in baseball, you can't have a bye week for a series. The team gets. Oh, yeah, because they'll be off for three weeks. 
they'll get yeah, <laughs> too cold and you're asking these pitchers to stay crisp when the advantage would be a team that just played a six game series in even though in baseball you want to be rested it's the rhythm it's the rhythm of playing every single day just like you do in the regular season and so i don't think you could do it like the nfl i do think expanding the playoffs is fine why not add another team right so what could you add it's tough it's tough i i love adding more teams because i love i want more teams to get into the playoffs because it brings more parity uh, that's why i love this second wild card more teams have an opportunity to get in and i just um this this series is good these two nl series are gonna be great you're a braves fan are you are you following your Braves team at all? I don't even know how they're there with yeah. Kuna getting hurt in the middle of the season. Uh pitching. It's pitching and it's their trades they made. You guys lost Akuna and Osuna. Osuna yeah. to like a domestic suspension, domestic abuse suspension. He'll never be a Brave again. And Akuna was arguably the MVP. Yeah. And if you had Acuna now, I'd be saying the Braves are probably going to be the favorites to get to the World Series, even over the Giants and Dodgers, just because one that one player is so dynamic. But you don't have him. They replaced him with Duvall, who's had an MVP-type season out of nowhere. And Freddie Freeman's an MVP. And you have Albies, and you have a great baseball team. The kryptonite to the Braves is the Dodgers. Yep. If I'm the Braves watching that other series, I sure hope the Giants win because you don't want to see the Dodgers, but they have to face the Brewers who are very good. The Brewers have a great pitching staff. Yeah, but didn't they, didn't their, like, one of their best pitchers, like, stupidly break his hand celebrating? So I think it was, yeah, this reliever, Devin Williams, who was, like, their eighth-inning guy, seventh-eighth-inning guy, lights out, was an all-star, I think. He's great. When they lost or won, I think they won. And he they, they the, clinched the division, I think, and they're celebrating. And he punched the wall and broke his hand. Mm -hmm. Don't so understand. He's, he's done. He's done, but they don't need him to to win as much as, I mean, it's gonna probably going to come down to some pretty good moments where they're winning 3-2 and Devin Williams would normally come in and they can't bring in Hayter yet and they give up a home run to Freddie Freeman or something. That's probably going to happen. But I still think that's another toss-up series. The Brewers have a great starting staff with Burns and uh, you know Woodruff and, and, and Peralta. I think they're all healthy. And the Braves, Freed is arguably a Cy Young candidate with what he did in the second half. He's yeah. so good. Um, and, and they've been there. The Braves have been there last year and lost. You love when a team loses and gets back when they're not at the World Series because they're hungrier and they know how to win and they know what it feels like when you lose. I don't think the Brewers have felt that yet. And so I think the Braves win. And I, if I had to pick, I think the Dodgers win. I hate to say it. I know my dad's a big Giants fan. My dad has started to have a, or dad has started to have like a, a, a place in his heart for the Dodgers because he's watching <laughs> all those games. And yeah. I'm like, dad, aren't you excited about the Giants? He's like, yeah, but I kind of want the Dodgers to win. I'm like, what? <laughs> like he's like yeah my san francisco friends talk all this crap and so he's now developed this like rivalry <laughs> with them because he's in la and he's like well the dodgers are pretty good and i think he loves baseball and he watches these dodger games so i think he's kind of rooting for the dodgers which is weird because you're such a big giants fan dad but it's tough to live in this city and not love the dodgers based on you talk to everyone around and they love the dodgers and they're the champs they're the defending champs it's going to be tough to knock them off and usually when you win that one game playoff with that momentum, it's hard to stop. It's hard yeah. to stop. 
The Dodgers are throwing Bueller in game one, and the Giants are throwing Webb. Webb has never pitched in the playoffs. This is his playoff debut, and Bueller's a World Series champion. No. And this first game is the most important game. If the Giants win game one, I'd say they probably win the series. If the Dodgers win game one, they definitely win the series. I don't think the Giants can come back from 1-0 and beat the Dodgers three out of four times if they lose this game. So this first game is so important. And I think if I had to pick Bueller, a World Series champion versus a rookie, or not a rookie, but his debut, even though Webb has been amazing this season in the Cy Young conversation, I'm picking the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, there's a thing called championship experience for a reason, right? And it's yeah. one it's one thing to to beat the majority of baseball teams throughout the season that don't even have winning records. It's another thing to beat other good teams in baseball in a series. And yeah. one thing the Dodgers have been doing for the last like six years in a row has been beating all the other good national teams, the national leagues in the playoffs. So they know exactly what they're doing. They know how to get where they're going and they're not going to be faced with any surprises really. You know, there's not going to be like, Oh, this is some adversity that we haven't seen before. It's like, yep. we, we've been here, done this. Uh, been here, done this. People are getting big hits. Chris Taylor ct3 was eight for his last 72 when he came up in the bottom of the ninth eight for his last 72 and this dude hits a two-run walk-off in a game seven it was one one right at the time the score was one one and in the playoffs they don't do that thing where they put a guy at second base mm -hmm. you got to score a run and so it was going to be a battle through and through if he doesn't get out of that inning and the key part to that inning, and if Robert is listening, our good friend, he's a big Dodger fan, Bellinger. Cody Bellinger in that game had two walks, stole a base, played a great defensive field, and it was the at-bat, kind of like Gibson's home run for the old Dodger fans. Kirk Gibson, was that was the, that was the moment in L.A. 1988, he hits a World Series winning game home run, and no one remembers that there were two outs, and Mike Davis had to get a walk for even Gibson to get up. And I don't think there were two outs in this inning, but Bellinger getting on first base, stealing second, definitely took a lot of what the closer Reyes was thinking. Like they went from one out, one man on first base to now there's a guy on second. All Chris Taylor's got to do is get a single. Scoring so position. the mentality changes of what you're doing. And he hung a slider and Chris Taylor crushed it. A really great moment. Some are saying the best moment in sports Dodger history because of, and it's not, but Gibson's home run, it wasn't a game seven. The other walk-off Dodger home runs in the playoffs, they weren't elimination games. This was an elimination game in the ninth inning to where their season could have been over and Chris Taylor hit a home run. So I'll say this, if the Dodgers win the World Series, that moment for CT3 is up there in best LA Dodger playoff moment for sure if they don't yeah. man it would be one thing like because they weren't losing at the time right so they no, were they gonna were. they You're were right. gonna go to another inning after that regardless if they were losing one nothing and he hit that oh yeah definitely but it was one one uh and and on the other side of the field i think it's dodgers braves and i think the dodgers win again just because i think the dodgers are the braves kryptonite but it could go either way so i think the dodgers get there from the national league and then i honestly think it's a rematch of the world series from last year the Tampa Bay Rays are better than they were last year. 
Yeah. They've they been have one of the consistently best teams in baseball for like a decade now. Agreed. They are better than they were last year because they brought up their number one prospect who is going to win Rookie of the Year. And he's breaking Mickey Mantle records, Wander Franco. And in his first at-bat yesterday, in his first playoff at-bat, dude doubled in a run, scored a run. And Tampa Bay crushed Boston after them coming off that momentum and being the Yankees. Also, Randy Arozarena stole home. I don't know if you've seen that video of him stealing home. It's amazing. He stole home in the playoffs. And it was no contest. He timed the pitcher. So they win 5 nothing. I think the Raves sweep Boston. Unless Boston can get J.D. Martinez back and get him hitting. He's one of their best hitters. And then on the other side, Houston's going to beat Chicago. I don't think, I thought Chicago maybe would make some noise. Chicago's pitchers are so bad against Houston. Mm. And so Houston's got something on them. Who knows what it is? So then you're setting <laughs> up Houston, Houston and the Rays again. And I think the Rays win. And I think it's Rays Dodgers again. And I think it goes seven again. And we get another great World Series. And I'm excited for it. And Shohei Otani should win MVP. No question. When does that get decided? I think like a couple. I think it's like mid mid NLCS, mid ALCS. Like I don't think they I don't think they wait till after the season. I feel like the votes are already in. I mean, they, voted, they should be. The regular season's over. The regular season's over. If you voted for Vladimir Guerrero or Shohei Otani, I don't know what you're watching. Uh, even every Major League Baseball player, if you took a vote of who should win MVP, 90% of them are going to say Shohei Otani because he struck out 150 guys and hit 47 home runs. And Tell he had a, he had a sub three ERA as a starter too. Nine wins. I think either nine or 10 wins. He should have got a win in that last outing, but he got lit up. But I hope we get him some help because if not, he going to leave. Yeah. How old is he? Like 23. Okay. He's going to be massive. Yeah. I mean, I don't he's, know if he he's, can the, he's the future like of that this. team. He is the future of our team. We need to get, we're going to make some offseason acquisitions to make him happy. And hopefully we stay healthy and we make a run next year. Cause if we don't, he going to leave Mike Trout going to want to leave. They all going to want to leave. Yeah. And definitely don't want to see them just end up Yankees. Exactly. I think the angels are, if you had to ask me what moves I'd want the angels to make before we get out of here, we've been here for an hour and a half, right? Yeah. I'd love to see them go after Max Scherzer and just, and Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber's a local kid. Those are two aces. We need an ace or two to mix with Otani. And we and I know that we have a great offense, but I really love Corey Seager to become an angel. We need a player like that that comes through. We don't have anybody that's coming through in the clutch. Well, didn't he we sign guys, a didn't he sign a massive extension with the Dodgers after that World Series win? No, he is a free agent. So you're oh, gonna wow. see Corey Seager, who was the NLCS MVP last year and the World Series MVP last year he had a, he got he missed about two months with a broken hand this season but had a decent year but in this last month he has been one of the hottest hitters and he's batting in between Betts and trey turner so his position in the order is he's getting the best pitches and you're gonna see him put up another mvp type playoffs in my opinion and make a shitload of money next year and there are next year there's like seven shortstops that are all all-star shortstops becoming free agents Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, uh, Seager, like all these huge shortstops. And I know the Angels want Seager. 
I think they really want him. And I know that we have a lot of money invested in our offense, but I'd love to pay Corey Seager a big deal. Go get Scherzer, spend as much money as you can. Cause if you don't, we're going to lose all of our guys. Yeah. And I mean, at least the angels would have the appeal of like, Hey, you don't have to move. Seager. Like, yeah. Moving yeah. sucks. Like you get to stay in LA. Like you're going to every, you're going to pay someone to move all your shit for you anyway. But you don't have to like learn a new city. You don't have to like find new restaurants. Like you get to stay here and still enjoy like the LA lifestyle. And, and exactly. And you get to play with Otani and Trout. And I think Scherzer probably goes back to the American League because he don't like to hit. When you watch Scherzer's at bats, he don't want to hit. And I think he's going to come back to the American League to end his career. And I think there's a real good shot he comes to the Halos and we make a run next year. But that's next year. I think the Dodgers are going to win back to back World Series. They could. I mean, good for them. I mean, because they were working on it for so long, knocking on the door for so long. Yep. And then they went, they lost back to back, then missed, and then went back and won, right? I think um, they won the World Series, I want to say, last year, right? So that was the shortened yeah. season. That was the 60 game season that they won. Um, and the previous two, I think they've been to the World Series three straight years. I don't think they missed. Well, what about the Nationals? I think that's the one year they did not yeah. make it. They lost to the Nationals. So that would be the one year they didn't make it. I think that was two years ago, two or three years ago. Also, Trey yeah. Turner was amazing. Trey Turner, the fact that they got him, the reason they're letting Seager go and they're not going to sign him is because they get Turner under contract next year. They don't have to sign Turner. They probably would want to because he's pretty much the best player in the National League. He had the most wins above replacement among any player he led the league in batting and he led the league in steals he should be getting more mvp votes but he won't he's probably going to go to tatis but trey turner is the man and he's going to be one of the reasons why they're in the world series this season all right so what time is that game is that a seven o'clock oh it's a five o'clock they do yeah your boys just started actually and it's zero zero in the fourth so it's actually not just started um oh it's 6 30. that game's at 6 30 the dodger game in san francisco probably yeah they, little... they gotta let people get home for that game kind of be a little cold but the the braves right now are with the brewers zero zero charlie morton started for the braves through three innings he's given up one hit and struck out six pretty darn good yeah, on the other side corbin burns hasn't allowed a hit yet through three innings but he's walked three guys, which probably bodes well for the Braves. It looks like they're patient. Braves lineup. Could you even name how many of the nine could you name in the starting lineup for the Braves? Nobody. Only Not only, only Freddie and Acuna. I don't watch baseball anymore. You I think this this Braves team, Austin Riley, your third baseman, really took a step forward this year, had an MVP type season. I didn't see that coming. He was great last year, but he did one of those things that young players do when they go to the 26 to 27 is they take that jump to where they're not batting 250 anymore. They're batting 280 and they're driving in runs and he's been amazing. And so let's see I, whoever wins this first game, Atlanta, Milwaukee, I think wins the series. It's in Milwaukee, right? It's in Milwaukee. It's a battle right now. I'm going to watch before I have to go to work. And I can't wait till Sunday. Sunday's going to be fun. Yeah, you, guys gotta, go in, you guys go into any um, like games, Halloween stuff? No, just because like, I don't know, like since I'm not working, I don't have like an office party. And then 
Kristen, she is remote and like they don't really have like a shared office environment with the therapists that work there. Uh, so I just don't think they're going to throw a party. They did Christmas a couple years ago. Uh, that was about it. So we're probably not going to go to a Halloween party. Um, we do have dinner with her boss and her husband, though, tonight. So oh, nice. Yeah, that'll be nice. They're good people. So you got going out, staying in? Uh, we're going to go to their house and just order it. Oh, and... dinner party. Yeah, dinner party. Play some games. We'll see. Uh, I don't know if they're into games, but we'll see when we get there. We haven't like sat down and had dinner with them in a long time, so. but they're cool. Cool. All right, man. Did well, you, did you watch the Ted Lasso finale? Not yet. Okay. We have been, we got stuck on squid game, um, but we will watch it. I think this season of Ted Lasso has been great. Yeah. Uh, it makes it such a great show. See, that's the thing. I wasn't going to prioritize Squid Game over the show that I'm watching that I love currently. So I was like, I, it's almost done. We'll be done with it. And then we'll need a show. And then we can no, watch, no, I hear squid you. it up. I hear you. I know you're going to watch it. I think what just happened with when the shows come out every week and you're waiting for Friday to come around so you can watch it, whereas Squid Game, all of them are there, you know? And so once you start, you're absolutely right. You want to stay in it. And, and I, I still love the format of them releasing it once a week, but I really love when I could just do it. I could just binge it. Yeah, it, it gives a little bit uh, more, like, cohesiveness sometimes. Yeah. Like, because, you know, shows do the, the recap of, like, when they know they've been off for a week and they're like, here's what happened on the, the previous episode. Yeah, uh, to get you caught up. But, like, when, yeah. when you can just stream it all at once, it keeps you more in the world that you're watching um did you guys end up going to see evan hansen i'm taking it no since you said you went to theaters for the first time to see the james bond movie I, we have not seen evan hansen we need to um here it's great but also hear that people like someone was like yeah i don't like that a 45 year old man's playing a high school kid i'm like come on like who else is going to play this kid in this in this role uh i mean any younger actor but that this is, is trained. Evan Hansen. like I yeah want to it's see... his role yeah so it's it's fine with me it's just that like they put like prosthetics on his face so like weird it makes, it makes watching him sing a little weird um Kristen loved it I thought it was okay but oh Kristen loved it yeah I mean she loves musicals she had surprisingly never seen the musical on stage um so she wasn't going into it like, oh, this is something that I saw yeah. live that I really want to see. She just knew about it. And we almost saw it when we were in New York, but we saw it come from away instead, which is on Apple right now. I think we watched it the day it came out. It's Jennifer's favorite play. It's awesome. And it's awesome. It is all those the, the demand of those roles for each of those characters is right next level. Because there's only like eight of them, but they're just like doing so much and Every like single everything's role. so minimal. Like there's there's like crazy sets or anything involved. It's just like their performances and their storytelling that really like takes this thing to where it it Ugh. becomes this otherworldly kind of thing. We saw it like after we went to the 9-11 memorial. So like, oh, we, not, yeah, not. we saw it kind of like on the end of our New York trip. But it's like, so yeah, we went to Ground Zero. We went to the memorial you know we kind of like toured around new york and just like experienced the city and then we went and we watched this and so it was like the history of 
being at ground zero and then going to see this like just made it like that much more powerful oh, when we saw I it can't even imagine and it like inspired it's such a cool it's so cool that it's it's a true story based on true story and that that town came together canada like, though i love canada I, <laughs> I freaking love canada i don't know if i'd ever lived there but i've been there once and it was a great experience i've been to toronto and I loved it there. And I love hearing stories. And it just seems like in Canada, they come together for things like that. Like that is such a crazy story. That's a great musical. Um, and then I, you know, I watched for my film class, um, two movies that I want to see if you've seen one, have you ever seen 400 blows? No, I don't think so. Watch that for me and see what you think. It's an old, the reason that he, that our teacher had us watch it, it made in the fifties, uh, mm -hmm. is, is because of, we're learning about mise en scene, mise en scene. Um, about like, you know, it's an old black and white film that is the cinematography for that time is awesome. And there's certain types of tracking shots that, you know, were revolutionary for its time. And still to this day, teachers are saying, watch this film. Um, and it's a pretty basic film. It's about this kid who just can't stop misbehaving um, in uh, France. Watch that. We watched it. And then I had never seen Singing in the Rain. And that was fantastic. <laughs> It's uh, what, Gene Kelly, Gene Kelly and, and yeah. Debbie Reynolds and they're Gene Kelly's a beast. Yeah. Like he also won. I was like, Jennifer, did Gene Kelly win best actor for this? She's like, I don't think so. Well, he won best actor for a different movie that same year. So it's just he was a beast. There are some there are some anecdotes for people telling him that maybe he wasn't the nicest person. So mm -hmm. when I hear about it, it's like it reminds me of Kobe, like the way Kobe would treat you in practice. <laughs> like he's trying to be the best mm -hmm. um and debbie reynolds is an, just amazing that's yeah, back when the, back when the studios had all those like crazy contracts with the performers and it's just like no you're making x amount of movies a year like you sign the contract you're basically our slave yeah i mean it's so funny too because i didn't really i've never thought about that the, the transition from silent film to films that have audio right before silent films like that was it but then when once you could hear everything silent films were done yeah and that was it and studios weren't making them anymore they were making these types of films and uh it's just it was a cool movie i, I never this film class has made me watch old movies that i'd heard about but never wanted to watch and i'm so glad it's made me watch some of these really old films that still hold up to this day cool well, i'm glad i'm enjoying that yeah we're watching the i have to watch the general which is i guess is a silent film it makes me want to be a filmmaker. Yeah, I know. I got to get this screenplay finished. I don't spend enough time on it. Oh, yeah, you should get that done. No, I realize what I need to probably do, like if I want to pursue that realistically, is write like a short film script that I can film. Like, just doesn't matter what it is, like something where I can just make it, you know, from start to finish. That way I, I don't have to submit to like a screenplay competition and get it bought or, you know. Yeah go that route i just need to do something on a smaller scale i still want to finish that story though i got like 85 pages into it and then i'm just like i didn't like where i was and i was like okay like i'm, I'm happy with like what i've done with the characters but mm -hmm. I, ne I need to get over the hump i need to go back and like reassess how i want to finish that so you got time <laughs> i got time surprisingly yeah, like you know i don't have a job and i'm like busier than i've ever been before i'm doing so That's many things around the do the podcast, do the screenplay. That's good. I'm if like... you just keep doing that, and that's the one thing about when you do a podcast and when you when you do stuff on your own, and something that I have failed at is you got to keep doing it. 
you know like you gotta just keep doing it on a, on repeat and and a routine and it'll hit and uh you're doing great i'm proud of you. yeah i'm a uh, thank you man uh yeah. i'm a routine i'm a routine based person and i, I, I realize i've realized how valuable that is to me so i need to like just block my day off like i need a calendar where i'm like from this time to this time i'm gonna do this and then yeah. i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna yeah. do this but that's why i waited to release the podcast until it was football season because then i knew like all right at least once a week i'm gonna have like the pick'em show that i do on saturday morning and i'll do my buffalo show you probably, do a pick'em show on saturday morning yeah kristen and i come in the office and we do a pick'em show then you guys pick games together yeah, so we go and we look at all the games and we talk shit and talk about what our fantasy desires are for that week. I want to be a guest on that show. Uh, okay, we'll see if we can work it out. Um, okay. we, typically, we typically do it like 11-ish in the morning. I'll see if we can bring you in here and then plug you in there and make the headphones work. Yeah, if it works, it works. I'd love, I, I think that would be funny. Yeah, it will be. Uh, all right, I'll talk to her about it, and I'll. And she maybe... can rub my face in it about how Austin Eckler's a man. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I was talking shit to her about it. I didn't even know she owned him, and I was talking shit about him because I had him last year, and he pissed me off because he missed ten weeks and yeah. he tore his hammy. And I thought I'm never gonna pick this guy, but the dude's a beast, and in that offense, he's the cog in the wheel, and he's crushing it. I know she almost came back and won this week, but uh, Peyton she played Barber, my dad, right? Yeah, Peyton Barber didn't do anything. I was like, she was, mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, you need like 45 points to win. And I was like, Eckler can get you 25. So you just need 20 from Barber. But with Jacob's back, Barber is not going to touch the ball. So no, and I had Barber in a league and I was ready for it. But you know, it's so funny. It's just like they, they he had 23 carries and 110 yards, and they're like, no, nah, we're still gonna try to get the ball to Jacobs. Like, give that guy an opportunity again. Yeah, like you guys are playing so well with him. Like, just let Jacobs rest and get back to 100%. Like, you don't need to force him out there when you have a guy who runs hard and plays the kind of football that John Gruden wants anyway. Probably Barber ran with the first team the whole time, too. I don't know if Kenyon Drake even played. Like, there's such a weird backfield in oakland but yeah because they just want to throw the ball to waller a hundred times a game and i know not... but teams it's... are figuring that out yeah it's like in theory we want to like come out there and play physical and run the ball down their throat it's like well you don't have an offensive line that's built to really run the football and you, you throw 20 targets a game towards one guy on the field so you're just really hoping that rugs wins his matchup uh which he and... usually does I he feel. does especially deep the truth is, I like Brian Edwards. And like when I yeah. watch him, when I watch him run routes and I watch him play, I'm like, he's, he's a he's a good receiver. He just doesn't yeah. get the targets. And then in the fourth quarter, it's like, I know we haven't thrown a pass your way, but we're losing, and we need you to make like four or five catches in a row on this drive. It's like you're just asking a lot from a guy who hasn't seen a ball come his way the entire game at that stage. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oakland's such a weird team. Don't know if they're good yet. Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I call him Oakland still. Probably yeah, should call him LA. Well, yeah, that's a nice stadium, though. I want to go see a game at Allegiant. Yeah, we should go to Vegas together. I don't think we've ever been to Vegas together, have we? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, we should go to Vegas together during the football season. Go I think the... we're going to go, actually, because of my bet that I hit when I was in there. Mm -hmm. um, and I put it on my little rewards card. They sent me, I have three complimentary nights at the oh, Bellagio. Nice. nice. So I think we might go for Jennifer's birthday in December if you guys are interested in joining us up there okay. um, 
So I'll probably I'll let you know the dates if you guys want to come. That would be awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah, we just we we're looking at our uh, Kristen booked us two weeks in Hawaii in February. So sick. I know she's what been wanting. Uh, well, we're gonna go to Oahu, and then I think we'll probably spend a week there, and then maybe island hop a little bit. So i want to i want to see the big island and she wants to go to Kauai. so Kauai is the island that i hear we went to i think we went to maui um but i think Kauai is the one that is the island everyone says oh you gotta see that one yeah we like one of the one of her friends the guy that actually tattooed me was from Kauai. so oh, okay um yeah i'm curious uh two weeks is a long time but like we haven't had a vacation mm, in that's gonna forever yeah it's gonna be that's good. gonna be awesome <laughs> <laughs> i know i i already don't like airplanes and now it's like i have to wear a mask the whole flight yeah put on a, yeah you know what yeah you'll sleep or you'll put on a movie it goes I'll, I'll i'll read because i can't sleep on planes for some reason i need to be oh, like i can fall right have i need to be sedated uh all right man Cool, yeah. Well, we did two hours, man. So great job. I love yep. it. Just like riding a bike, man. It is. I've done this so much. I've done. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it. I miss doing this. I need to get back into doing my Twitch. Jennifer lets me know how stupid I am. I do it every day. So I need to do that. And I miss doing this. I love doing these with you. So keep asking me. I'll always do it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, we can do it weekly if you're available. Uh, yeah. I always have Friday afternoons off. Okay, cool. Well, that's usually a good time for me. So, uh, well, let's plan on at least trying to make it happen moving forward. And uh, okay, we, there's there's an endless amount of sports for us to talk about. Friday's yeah, always is. Friday is <laughs> yeah. Friday's always a release day for new movies and stuff too. So yeah, movies time. and sports. That's the best. I'll talk about the other day. And then yeah, this sports period where you got the end of the baseball season, the start of the NBA season, and the NFL midseason is doesn't get better. Yeah. Hockey started too. So and yeah. uh, hockey fans, like that's coming coming down to, you know, you got all four major sports going at once. There's a huge heavyweight uh, championship boxing match this weekend. The trilogy between Wilder and Fury. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, if you love sports, like this next few days is going to be pretty crazy. For sure, for sure. Can't wait. All right, cool. all right, all right man. Bro. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too, man. All right, good luck on Sunday. Right. <laughs> cool, thanks. Go we're Bills. playing each other. We are playing each other. That's why I was pissed that Russ busted up his finger, man. And then I was telling dad, I'm like, and dad, he's got to root for Josh. And I got Josh in such a massive game. <laughs> and he's so I mad. <laughs> I, I was he's... like, I got to play single tier. I'm playing the Bills defense, though. I'm like, oh, you man. have to. Oh, I'm that's like, let's a... go. <laughs> I'm like, let's do it, man. I have faith in them. I'm not dropping them to make a move this week. Tough. Well, by the way, you would only you would drop some in a couple leagues people drop the bills even i'm like i'm swooping them yeah exactly because they were scared to play him against kansas city but i could see jordan poyer getting a pick six <laughs> well it's like if the bills can get after mahomes like they'll probably still give up points but they may be able to like keep me in it with just like sacks tackle for loss interception things like that so and then one touchdown and it makes the week all a defense yeah. needs to do is get one touchdown and you're like okay great glad i played him so yeah because you can't take the touchdown off the board but exactly. like the, the more the opponent scores the like the worse your score gets but like since i tinkered with our defensive settings it's yeah. like yeah tackles for loss count like sacks count, turnovers count safeties fourth down stops three and outs so it's like it enriched the way that defensive scoring works for us so you know just a couple three and outs here and there a sack here and there a couple tackles in the backfield and the bills are hanging out i love it 
I'll, I'll text you during the, that game for sure. Is dad going to come over your your spot? Probably, right? Uh, Yeah, he said he was going to come by on Sunday because I know he wants to watch that game. And Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be cool. making dinner and stuff. So Awesome. All right, man. Cool. All right, bro. Take care. See you. Thank you. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go, go Niners. Bills. Bills Let's <laughs> go. Go Niners. Let's go. All right, brother. See you, kid. Bye. Thanks once again for joining us. The Scheist Podcast is an extension of thescheist.com. If you like what we're doing here, you can help us out by liking, subscribing, sharing, all that good stuff from wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and go Bills.